This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by Veeam. Are you tired of slow, stressful, and expensive bank wires? There is a better way. You could Veeam it. Veeam is a simple, affordable, and fast way to send and receive payments around the world or to the business next door. Veeam bypasses current wire transfer processes, saving users time and money. Veeam also integrates with your favorite accounting software like QuickBooks, Zero, and NetSuite, making manual data entry a thing of the past. Cloud Accounting Podcast listeners who sign up for Veeam will get 10,000 Veeam back rewards points. That's a free $100 for each of your clients that sign up. Head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.com slash Veeam. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.com forward slash V-E-E-M to redeem this exclusive offer. Remember, Veeam it and it's paid. Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. And I'm David Leary. Take a breath, Blake. Take a breath. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of developments in a very short amount of time from our friends over at Intuit. I think the notification button on my, um, or the little red notification on my phone for Twitter has not turned off in <laughs> eight straight days or whatever this is now, four straight. Uh, whenever we did the the last podcast, the, uh, yep. the special breaking news episode, that was episode, um, what's the number on that for those of you listening? 57. Episode 57. So since, yeah. we, since that episode released, episode 57, yeah, my notifications for LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and private messages has been a little on the crazy side. And for those of you who are just joining us today, welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. Episode 57 was all about QuickBooks Live, and we're proud to say David and I broke the news here on the Cloud Accounting Podcast. We were first to the story. It's all about Intuit, offering business bookkeeping services, live bookkeeping services inside the QuickBooks app, for $200 a month, they are going to now be offering basic bookkeeping services. There was a whole bunch of, of response from Intuit and people in the community, critics, supporters, Intuit saying this is only a test, but is it really a test? I mean, there's so much to talk about here, David. Where do we start? So when we did the episode 57, it was like real-time digestion of what's happening. We saw that thing, the uh, the Facebook post. We went to QuickBooks pricing page. It was live on the pricing page. And you were like, let's get on and record. So we kind of recorded real time our discussion. And in a way, it was like um, watching a televised police chase. Like you actually were using the chat. You're trying to do it. I think somebody even tweeted that at us. So, so it went from that to tons of forums, tons of tweets, lots of opinions everywhere. But I feel like in the last two days, deeper articles are being written. I know you wrote a deep article. Joe Woodard wrote a deep article we could talk about. Um, Hector Garcia has a very good hour-long video that really um, poses some deep thoughts and questions about this. So I think we're at that. Deeper thoughts are happening about this. And so I think that's where we start, right, is those articles. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'll just go through my article here and uh, it sort of lays out what we know so far. How about that? I'm not, I'm not a journalist, but I'm trying to be journalistic in my coverage of this, right? So uh, if, you, if you're interested in it, it's over on my blog, blakeoliver.com slash blog. The article which I published is called Bookkeeping is Dead, How Intuit Will Kill It for Good. Maybe that's a little harsh, but I really wanted to get people's attention because I think this is a hu- huge story in the accounting profession, especially client accounting services and bookkeeping. And I started as a bookkeeper, so... I am very, very much uh, personally invested in the outcome of this. As many of you know, last week, David and I got a tip from a private Facebook group that there was new pricing on the QuickBooks pricing page. Intuit was advertising real bookkeepers to help you manage your business with a lovely, smiling woman, Claudel, a bookkeeper for 19 years, who you could 
now buy bookkeeping services from in addition to your QuickBooks company file for an extra $200 per month. This came as a shock. Uh, I had not seen anything from Intuit about this. David, had you seen anything from Intuit about this like publicly? Nothing, right? Just completely out of the blue. Not until the website was up. And so, you know, you and I got on the podcast and we just started talking about it. We started digging into it, looking at the pricing page, trying to figure out what is going on, tweeting at people, uh, doing basically a live breaking news edition. And in the days that have followed, we've, I've done, I did a little bit more digging and I found out this is really uh, very similar to another service that Intuit already offers called TurboTax Live. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, this started in 2017 and it's a service that connects customers who are using TurboTax into its tax preparation product, self-tax preparation product, to enrolled agents, or this year, certified public accountants, on demand via a one-way video. And these people can help you with your questions. They can help you fill out your forms. They can even sign and, uh, and submit your tax return for you if needed. Interestingly, they're using the same picture of Claudel, uh, if that is really her name, on TurboTax Live as the sort of uh, mascot for for TurboTax Live. Basically, with that offering, you you pay extra, uh, significantly more than you'd normally pay for TurboTax, but you have the assurance of having an EA or CPA there to answer your questions. And into- I signed up for TurboTax Live. I'm going to I'm going to talk to Cladell because I, I haven't <laughs> yet, but I, but I'm getting to the point where I'm probably going to have questions. I mean, you know, you do all the easy parts first, and you put off the hard parts. Yeah. So. I'm going to be talking to Claudel soon. So I've I've used uh, TurboTax Live. I used it last year because I was very curious, you know, how it worked. It seems to be the future of tax prep. And Intuit calls this category, quote, assisted tax prep, unquote, meaning it's not full service, but it's also not self-service. It's assisted. And it's sort of a, a new category. Uh, H&R Block is also trying to do this as well. And it seems to fill a lot of people's needs. They want to do it themselves. They want to save money. They don't want to spend, you know, three times more to have somebody do it for them. Uh, but they also want to be able to ask questions. So I went over to the TurboTax uh, live pricing page, and there's a great screenshot on my blog. You can see it looks almost exactly like this new QuickBooks Live uh, offering, right, where you pay a little bit extra and you get access to this expert to help you out. So I was curious. Well, we, we should talk first about into its response to all of this coming out, right? Because the pricing page was a shock. A lot of people were shocked. I was shocked. You were shocked. Tons of people in the community were shocked. What is Intuit, what did Intuit say in response to all of this coming out? Well, I mean, I agree about people being in shock. I worked for Intuit for 20 years. Intuit's response is a test. Yeah, so yes, they're, they could be testing. Their official, their official uh, Intuit accountant's Twitter uh, account responded to my post about the new pricing page saying, quote, to clarify, this is a test we're running to gauge SMB interest in a bookkeeping service as part of their QB subscription that would be powered by accounting pros. The pricing is not set, nor are the services. The info on the site is only being used as an example as part of the test. And indeed, if you try to click buy now on that pricing page for QuickBooks Live, it doesn't work. Uh, it says it's not available yet, and you, you put in your email address and I guess they'll notify people who are interested if they do eventually launch the service, right? So that's the official response, but it doesn't seem to be exactly what's happening, right, David? It's obviously it's live, right? That's not a live service, but it's live on the website. And this is why I feel like this is like such big news because it's not like, here's a fake screenshot. Like, here's a fake screenshot. Give me some feedback. It's in the field live test, but not just 
that it's in the field. There's job postings that seem to go along with the test. Yes. And that is what really blew my mind is an accountant who shall remain nameless contacted me and sent me the URL of a job posting on the Intuit Careers website for a job that has got the most boring title I could ever think of, but is a really interesting job. It's Manager 3 Service and Support. And if you read the overview and the responsibilities, well, I'll just read it. They're looking for a group manager to lead the service delivery function within our small business professional services team. The group manager will be responsible for, quote, delivering an outstanding experience for small business customers through our expanding network of certified bookkeeping professionals. Full stop. So is it just a test if they're hiring somebody to run the program? It feels like this is, it could be a well-funded three-year test, right? <laughs> like, like, I think the word test is getting very, being used very liberally. Yes. Um, if there's just a lot of variance on what this, how big of a test this is. Um, and, and I think that's why I truly feel like this is a story. You could say it's a test, but regardless, like Intuit making a test like this is gigantic news. Yeah. The fact that it's, it's that this test is even happening is the is the news, regardless of the results of the test. Well, just the test itself is news. And what's interesting is that we have sort of confirmation that this is more than just a test from Joe Woodard himself, who, for those who are not familiar with Joe Woodard, uh, David, what, what's the what's the deal with Joe? Like, what, he's famous. Why? So Joe Woodard has a lot of history in our space. I think Joe. Hopefully I'm right here if he's listening. Uh, he has a conference, Scaling New Heights, and he has the Woodard Group. So the Woodard Group is uh, really mostly made up of QuickBooks Pro Advisors. And he's put on a conference, Scaling New Heights. I want to say it's 10, maybe 11 years old now. And so he's got his conference that's out there, and he has a tribe of people that listen to him. He has a very deep relationship with Intuit. Intuit is the exclusive uh, sponsor of his uh, conference. And so he went, obviously saw this story break and then he went and contacted Intuit and came back with some facts. And one of its facts, kind of the way I read it, indicates that this is not a test of market viability. Like the decision's already been made to move forward. This is, so that tells me this is kind of just a test of like, what's the website design going to look like? What's the price going to be? You know, how are we going to off, how are we going to work on the service behind the, the curtain? Like as far as like, who's going to do it? How's the work going to get done? But the, this train, if it feels like based on his fact number two, this train is pulling out of the station full bore. Maybe at Intuit, they've sort of got their wires crossed a little bit in terms of the messaging. How much of a test is this? Or has the decision already been made? And saying that it's a test is a way to mitigate some of the potential downside response from the pro-advisor community, which is understandably concerned. There's been quite a lot going on uh, in the pro-advisor community. Folks saying, uh, well, one big concern is even if you don't view Intuit as a competitor at this price point, $200 a month, are they anchoring pricing low, right? We discussed that on our first episode on this topic. Another question is, well, just simply having your software provider compete in any way with you is questionable. And what's to stop them from then offering more higher level services in the future? There's arguments on this, the practicality, the principle of it. I think a lot of those questions are just sort of self-evident. I don't think I'd ever want to be potentially competing in the services realm with my software provider necessarily. And accountants have been a very, very dedicated, loyal channel for 
into it for years and years and years, recommending their products, promoting their products. And it's a big reason why Intuit has such massive market dominance is because bookkeepers and accountants only will use QuickBooks in the United States, at least. Yeah, you've covered that really well, like these open questions, right, in your summary. But I think one thing that's really interesting that you you really put in some work this weekend. Like you're going to have opposite weekends. I, I'm, I'm breaking up tile and concrete in a bathroom to expose a pipe underground that I can put my finger in. And you, and you did some research and you really dug in because you found quotes from a conference call yes. about TurboTax Live. And if you really, like you said, you read these quotes and I'll let you read them. Mm-hmm. It, you really made the conclusion that like, hey, this is exactly what's happening right now with QuickBooks Live. If you go to the transcript of Intuit's third quarter earnings call from last year after tax season, CEO Brad Smith, who is now the former CEO, had some really interesting things to say about TurboTax Live in its first season. And I'll read some of these quotes. And in your mind, as I read these quotes, just replace TurboTax Live with QuickBooks Live because we've basically figured out they're essentially the same service just with different products. One is with TurboTax, one is with QuickBooks, but they even both have Claudel as the face of the product. Let me read this for you. Quote, we're pleased with the results of our TurboTax Live offering in its first season. TurboTax Live has the potential to be transformative to our consumer business in the years to come. It opens up the 20 billion assisted tax prep category, and it provides us with an opportunity to grow our dollar share while increasing our average revenue per return. We're just getting started with TurboTax Live, and we are looking forward to what we can deliver next season. Okay, great. TurboTax Live clearly did well. Brad Smith was very excited about it, enough to bring it out, mention it specifically on the earnings call. Now, the the analysts wanted to know a little bit more, and so they asked some more questions, and, and the responses from Brad Smith are very revealing. He says, the other thing we wanted to see is if we could change the source of new customers, get people out of tax store and CPAs. And so far, the mix of new customers as we finish this season also looks like we've been successful in proving that hypothesis. So as we lean into next year, the primary objective is going to be to transform the 20 billion assisted tax prep category and begin to bring more of them into the do-it-yourself category. We think that will be the big opportunity for us over the long run. And finally, he said, We're now converting people who have already adopted a method. And with TurboTax Live, we're converting them from higher priced alternatives. So when they come into our category, we're getting three times the average revenue per customer for those customers that come in with TurboTax Live. That means the only way that's happening is if TurboTax Live is stealing customers, is taking business from higher priced alternatives. He said it himself. What are the higher priced alternatives? Independent CPAs, tax stores, but especially, I think, independent tax preparers. Now, let's replace TurboTax Live with QuickBooks Live. Same principle. It's the same type of service, right? Assisted bookkeeping, assisted tax prep. They are going to make a bundle on this, and they're going to do it. Intuit is a public company. Their primary obligation is not to accountants and bookkeepers. It's to their shareholders and then their customers. They create value for their customers. They create capital for their shareholders. To me, this is inevitable. If they passed it up, they'd actually be negligent. And it's not just inevitable. Like you, Your argument is the roadmap and plans are right here in front of all of us. Yeah, they've, they've done it already. They started in 2017 and they did it successfully. Intuit's a smart company. 
And not only that, I mean, I think you're going to talk about like, competitors are doing this. Uh, you have Bench doing this. Yeah. And, and, um, and we'll talk about some of these other competitors because coincidentally, the same week, some competitors have made some very interesting announcements as well. It's just this snowballed all of them. And But we're going to talk about those articles a, a little more uh, deeper in the podcast here, I think. What else is a good highlight of yours? <laughs> I thought it was entertaining how you had a graph of how the use of the word bookkeeper yeah, is going uh, away. Well, so, and, and you know, I'm I'm kind of picking on into it because they are the mover in the space right now and they are the giant. I mean, who, how can you not? They are the, the the elephant in the room, the only billion dollar small business uh, SaaS company. And so they have the ability and the power to kill bookkeeping. Bookkeeping, though, has already been on the decline for 30 years, right? Ever since Intuit came out with Quicken, the job has been getting more and more automated. We went from paper ledgers to digital ledgers. And then with online accounting now, we're not even entering transactions anymore. So I put in this post that if you think about the definition of the word bookkeeper, the definition is a person who records the accounts or transactions of a business. Well, anyone who has used cloud accounting knows that you really don't need to actually physically manually record them anymore. You can automate 90% of that or more potentially. This to me is just the, the finishing move in the long decline of bookkeeping. And people who call themselves bookkeepers, really, a lot of them aren't bookkeepers anymore, especially in the pro-advisor community. So when I say that bookkeeping is dead, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I think as the week went on, the thoughts went on, I've, I've actually started thinking a lot about the, the name Zero. Why is it called Zero? And part of me is starting to think like Zero Bookkeeper, Zero <laughs> Bookkeeping. Like it may not be, it may not be, I, I have I no know. idea, but like at least this week, seems like a perfect name for that, right? Like, like to me, it kind of makes a lot of sense why it's called that, especially if you start thinking about it in the light of this week and, um, you know, even the stats you have about the, the number of bookkeepers that used to exist and the number that exists today. And Yeah. So we will, of course, keep our listeners informed of any developments that occur in this space. I am on Twitter. If you have inside information into this, and anything going on, let me know. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Blake T. Oliver. And David, how about you? Uh, at David Leary. But we usually finish our shows like that, but we're not quite done yet, right? David, we got some more more excellent cloud accounting news to cover. Yeah, I think there's two still tied this into a thing, and you have them linked in actually your blog post. It's Hector <laughs> Garcia, and I always forget the other person's name, Kirk Bowman. They make a video together, and and Hector Garcia really posed an interesting question. What if bookkeeping did not exist at all? It's very, very good. There's a lot of deep thoughts on it. Um, I think it's definitely an article, a video worth watching. Um, And then Joe Woodard actually wrote a nice three-page article on his site, um, Intuitive Accountant. A lot of it covers a lot of the same stuff uh, Blake and I just talked about. I don't think we have to cover that more. Um, One thing I did find very interesting in here, and, and I could be nitpicking one line, but I just, it really caught me, caught my attention. So Joe is giving some suggestions on how people should respond to this, right? And one is to offer a level of bookkeeping far above into its possible service, right? Mm-hmm. And then offer services beyond bookkeeping. So that's your two strategies. If you're a QuickBooks Pro advisor, you want to compete, et cetera, et cetera. But he actually kind of talks about focusing on, on businesses that don't use QuickBooks online. And reading this, I'll read, I'll actually read the sentence. If these businesses don't use QuickBooks online, you can avoid competition with Intuit's prospective bookkeeping service. Now, I read into this line, A, is he talking about QuickBooks desktop? Mm. Or B, is he talking about 
Zero and Sage yeah. and other competing products. So this line just really caught my eyes. There's not a ton in there. And I'm sure Joe will probably do a follow-up post later this week just because there's a lot happening. But that just really caught my eyes. I don't yep. know if you saw that when you read this article or not. But I, I to be honest, I missed that point because I was reading really fast. And I'm glad you brought it up. I think that there is a humongous opportunity right now for Zero to go after all those pro advisors who no longer feel that Intuit is in their corner. If Zero says, we're not, we're not going to try to automate you guys, we're not going to try to build our own bookkeeping service, our own accounting services, we're just going to focus on the software and we're going to support you, then I think that's a message that would resonate right now with accountants and bookkeepers who are feeling threatened. Yes, they total, Zero could do something like that. Right. And, and part of the reason that Zero has had such a hard time penetrating the U.S. market has been accountants and bookkeepers' loyalty to QuickBooks and to Intuit, because Intuit has been good to them. But that could all be disrupted by this. We'll have to see how it pans out. Yeah, unless you subscribe to the theory that I do, that there's no way Zero and Sage don't do this as well. And proof of this is kind of in our next articles. <laughs> yeah, um, let's, let's hear it. We, uh, let's jump into Indonero. Indonero really does outsourced accounting, right? And they are a software platform. So in a way, it's Indonero with live bookkeeping, if you want to think about it yeah, that so way. So they, they have built their own accounting general ledger. They don't use QuickBooks. They don't use Zero. They are their own thing, right? Yeah, they're a, a full stack, yeah. right? Of their own. But they now purchased an accounting firm. Oh, wow. M Accounting. He was, uh, they were on the podcast. Oh, really? Okay, small world. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't seen this before we got on. Yeah, so that's, that's, wow. So they, so they, so this is, yes, Intuit's doing this or testing this. We want to use those, that verbiage, but everybody else, there's other people doing this as well. Right. And they're, they're taking it from a different direction, right? Instead of maybe partnering or working with bookkeepers, there's buying firms and doing Mm -hmm. it. And Dinero is, um, I think the other example of this is you can look at, uh, there's an article about FreshBooks. So FreshBooks now, this came out, and a lot of this news, I think, would have been big on its own, but the Intuit news was just gigantic. Yeah. Uh, FreshBooks is now announcing they're supporting double-entry accounting and bank reconciliations. Yeah, that, that's big because they claim to have millions of users uh, and mostly small freelancers. And uh, they started out as yes. invoicing software. So then they gradually added expensing and all that stuff, but it was still always, most accountants wouldn't, recommended if you went and hired an accountant or a bookkeeper they'd switch you off of FreshBooks or the, or they'd they'd use zero or quickbooks to do the accounting while you still use freshbooks for invoicing but now that that could change right yeah the the flat out state the update should enable it to attract more accounting partners mm-hmm. to its platform so that's uh this is kind of a big game changer for them now a little deeper in the article it does mention that even though they announced bank reconciliation they don't have any bank feeds. Mm. So, well, so here comes that fine line of like, is it efficient to use something without bank feeds? Well, I, I'm actually not sure if that is correct because I do recall that you can import transactions from banks. You have to, but you have to, it's not bank feeds. You have to go download the QBO files. Are you sure? And import those in. Yeah, they, they said they, they, they have an autom- they It does include an automated bank import, but this includes some manual intervention to download the bank data. Uh, no, no. So there is... It's limited. I think that because um, this article appeared on Enterprise Times, which is a UK site, 
But if you go to the FreshBooks website, you can see that they have automatic expense reporting available to North American users. Oh, okay. So they're they're doing like a Yodley thing where you you go on the expenses tab, you click connect your bank, you put in your bank and your um, credentials, and then it will import the transactions. And then you can categorize those. and so, th- so this is a big deal, right? That they're they're now trying to come in and compete with QuickBooks. Well, and as well, you know, this maybe this type of competition is what is incentivizing into it to move up into services, because FreshBooks is admittedly far easier to use than QuickBooks. It was designed from the beginning not for accountants at all. It was designed for freelancers, so it is dead simple to use. I know because I myself <laughs> used it when I first started out bookkeeping. I wanted a simple time tracking and invoicing solution. And I set up a FreshBooks account because it was faster for me to do that on my mobile phone at the time than to use QuickBooks. Yeah. And that was one of the points somebody brought up in this article was, is this a risky strategy? Because if they add some complexity to FreshBooks, does that mean their core users are going to leave and go to something simpler like a wave or a zip books or even they even mentioned going to pluto which is kind of just the payments and receivables platform yeah. right so it's really uh it's really interesting to see where, where this goes but the key here is like the industry is changing other people are doing this work another example of this uh is maybe somebody though that has done it and failed have you want to talk about that kpmg oh yeah so we've been speaking about success and into its great success And obviously, FreshBooks is doing really well. Well, the big four just can't seem to figure out how to provide small business accounting services. I think this would have been the story we led with on any other week. This appeared in Accounting Web. It's an article called KPMG Shutters Small Business Accounting Unit. In in the UK, KPMG has been trying for, what, a couple years now? The service launched in October of 2014 after an 18-month trial. So it already had an 18th on trial before that, had almost a staff of 200 to handle the client work. Okay, so it's called, that was, I didn't realize it was that big. So it's, the service is called KPMG Small Business Accounting. That's what they did. They did small business bookkeeping accounting uh, with a pledge to, quote, disrupt and dominate the SME market, unquote, and promise small businesses that you, quote, can pay us the same as your current accountant, but we'll give you more, unquote. Yeah, they failed. They, and I feel like there have actually been a few other services like this that have just not worked out or have sort of just dwindled into irrelevance. And I, see, and I, I think the, the interest tied to this back to testing with QuickBooks, mm-hmm. right? A lot of the forums, some, some people's reactions to Intuit doing this is like, good luck. You're just going to mess it up. Look what KPMG did. Yeah, but right? and it's I, so and wrong. There's a case, right? Well, it is a little wrong, but at the same time, like if you read this, like KPMG promised people their de- their own dedicated mm-hmm. accountant, right? With experience, they offered small businesses. But then if you start reading the reasons people are leaving or, or, or they're failed, right? Many weren't happy with the service they got, right? And they were unhappy about the people's knowledge of their business, mistakes that were being made, churn of client account managers, mm-hmm. right? These are scale problems. Yeah. And that is going to be the interesting part of this test is not whether or not it's a viable service. It's the test is, can Intuit build this and scale it? That is the true test. Well, as somebody who has built and scaled to a small degree, a bookkeeping, online bookkeeping company, I can tell you that is the biggest challenge is getting bigger and not having crazy amounts of turnover and dissatisfied clients uh, and disparate processes and whatnot. 
I feel like Intuit is the one company, the one big company that can do it. The big four definitely can't because they haven't figured out how to standardize or productize hardly anything, right? Especially when it comes to small businesses. And that's why they're so expensive. And hell, they're still you know billing hourly for pretty much everything. I mean, it's just, there's just no incentive under that model to do anything to streamline and standardize. So like they're, they're the complete wrong ones to do it. But Intuit, complete right company to build an effective online bookkeeping service for a very low price point, like $200 a month. And and the, the way they'll do it is by very carefully limiting the scope of services by putting the bookkeepers and the clients on rails using software, which they can do because they've built the software. You know, your bookkeeper isn't, you're not going to be able to ask your bookkeeper to go file your sales tax because they can't do it in QuickBooks. They'll only be able to help you with stuff they can do in QuickBooks, which will help them minimize the scope, right? Prevent scope creep. Uh, and, and the fact that they have a delivery system of you know on-demand video inside of the app also means that they could potentially just have a pool of bookkeepers where you don't even get assigned one. That would be so much more efficient than the traditional accounting firm model of assigning bookkeepers. Because of course, what's the problem when you assign staff? As soon as they leave, you got to get somebody else in there. You got to transfer that knowledge. Doesn't always happen. Intuit's perfect for this. I know we have a couple more articles, and I'm not sure if we should quickly do those because in this KPMG article, there's a great quote, two quotes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll read them now, and then if you want to cut them and then play them at the end in summary, because I think it really summarizes kind of the week. All right, let's do it. Um, all right, so here we go. Uh, commenting on the news, Darren Moore, Group Commercial Director at Tax Assist Accountants, added. So this is going to be his quote. Servicing the small business market has always been about building a good relationship with the client to provide sound advice alongside the compliance piece. Attempting to deliver that service remotely presents a number of challenges with technology won't always solve alone. Clients want and rely on that relationship and the high street accountant has adapted to deliver the best of both worlds approach with local relationships on the ground alongside smart digital solutions to help people run their business. So what's he saying there? So what he's saying is you can't just throw technology at this, at small Mm -hmm. businesses. You just can't solve it that way. It's a relationship. Right. Right. And so I know we were talking about this a little bit about the Uber. Doing Uber for Uber, the use cases are very similar. But doing bookkeeping the same for every single small business could be very, very difficult. So one thing Intuit's always been good at is relationships. Right. And so if Intuit can figure out how to do the relationship part of this, they're going to build the technology, but the relationship's the really the, the key here and, and whoever solves that, because the big four, A, kind of suck at technology and they suck at relationships. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so that's the reason they, this they're, fails. They're great at relationships, but only very high touch personal relationships. Like, you know, you have this great relationship with that partner at KPMG, but they're not going to give that to you as a small business owner. They can't do it at scale. It's, it's all scale. There's one more thing I want to touch on before we go, which is this Bill.com plus Amex thing. This is a video that appeared on LinkedIn that you pointed me to, and I just think it's fascinating. There's not a lot of info, but we, we should talk about it. What is going on with Bill.com? I think Bill.com announced, we might have talked about it 20 episodes ago, whatever. Bill.com starting to get in, uh, do a lot more partnerships with banks. So instead of you going to your bank, and, and a lot of small businesses do this still, they just go to their bank or their credit union website and go to the pay bills section of that website and pay their bills from there because it's free. Right. Bill.com, I think, knows that 
And so Bill.com has been, I think, getting uh, closer relationships with banks. So if you go to, if you have a bank account at Chase and you're a small business, when you go to the bill pay section, instead of seeing the same bill pay every other Chase customer has, you're probably going to see some version of a Bill.com. Yeah. And apparently now this is kind of launching with American Express. You're going to be able to pay your vendors you inside of American Express using Bill.com. It's not very clear. There's just a video. I didn't see... There's been so much Intuit news. I haven't. I didn't see the actual article. I just see this little post from Bill.com. So one of the things that they mention in this video is um, paying vendors using American Express via single-use virtual cards, which is really cool for business owners because one of the problems you have is that you you have a, a business card from Amex, for instance, that you give to your marketing department. And then you might have like 12 people using that card on various different sites, and then the number gets stolen. And now all of a sudden you have dozens of software subscriptions that get shut down because the credit card is failing because you had to get a new number. Where if you give out single-use virtual cards for purchases, then that number is just used for that one purchase. If it gets stolen, it doesn't work. So that's a really cool feature, uh, and I think it could be really, really helpful. I, what I don't understand about that is the time with Bill.com then, because MasterCard and Visa have virtual cards um, through their APIs and, and third-party apps. I know I, uh, I've used, I'm using Divi. I have a bunch of virtual cards set up on that. I think we've talked about yeah. Brush before. They have a virtual card um, to, to and, and I like to spin up, you know, like your example, right? Spin up virtual cards for all the different SaaS yeah. apps I sign up for. Just right after, it's just easier, right? But I don't know where this ties in with Bill.com. Does that mean Bill.com is going to allow you to, to like instantly inside yeah, so, the product, go pay with a virtual card, boom, 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 and it just spins it up? You don't have to leave to go create your, your virtual card on some American yeah, Express I don't, You won't have to. I, I guarantee that. I'm speculating here because I'm only familiar with this from the um, Sage and Tech side. I know that in Sage and Tech, you can connect to Amex and you can pay with your Amex inside of Sage and Tech using their bill pay feature. I think this is similar. So the idea will be you go into bill.com and normally you would see two options, pay by check or pay by ACH. In the future, you will see a pay with Amex option. And then when you pay, uh, your vendor gets paid and then it goes on to your Amex bill. Now, I'm not sure if, what the fees are going to be, it. right? How that's going to work. Are you going to absorb a fee? Is the vendor going to absorb a fee to get paid that way? That That's an open question. So bill.com, if you're listening, send us the info because we want to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, and I see they made a comment. Uh, hey, we'd love to hear the podcast. Please oh, you got to respond with the link. <laughs> I got a response, but it was a little too late. Uh, we're, we're recording live at this point, Bill.com. Well, um, so we'll reach out. We'll, maybe we'll have more on the story next week. And with that, I've got to go, David. It was great talking to you. If people want to get in touch, what's the best place for them to do that? To get a hold of me, it's going to be at David Leary. And I am at Blake T. Oliver on Twitter, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. And don't forget, we've got a page on Facebook for the Cloud Accounting Podcast. So just go to Cloud Accounting Podcast on Facebook. You can also subscribe to my email list to get show notes for each podcast episode emailed to you automatically every time we publish an episode. Why would you want to do that? Because then all these articles we talk about, all this news we talk about, you're going to get that in your email inbox with links to every article and a brief description. So you can go in there after you listen to the episode, click the links and get the full story. Or hey, you can share out those links on your network and be on the cutting edge 
of accounting technology and look like, you know, everything that's going on. Subscribe at cloudaccountingpodcast.com and don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We'd love to get more five-star reviews uh, and tell your friends. And that's a wrap. Bye. Bye, everybody.